Matthew chapter 28 and the story of the resurrection of Jesus. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Amen. Just as he said, come and see where the, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Well, the women were on their way. Some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated amongst the Jews to this very day. Then eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Wow, that's an amazing story, isn't it? What would your response to be if you saw an incredible event like that? Something supernatural, something incredible, something of Jesus risen from the dead, of, of seeing angels, of seeing the tomb empty. And then the angel tells you, go and tell people about Jesus, that he's risen from the dead. What do you think people's response would be? Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> a bit crazy, a bit mad, yet, yet they experienced that. They experienced something real and true for them, that even though how incredible, how, how even implausible, impossible it sounded, they went and they went back to tell the disciples about Jesus, that Jesus had risen from the dead. Two women went back to tell this good news that Jesus has risen from the dead to his disciples and you've got to go to Galilee, not just he's going to meet you where you are, but you've got to go on a big journey to meet him. That's the response when we meet the risen Christ. We have a moment which is life-changing and transformative, which gives us a choice. Will we believe? Will we trust in Jesus? Will we believe that this is the Son of God? Will we believe that this is God in the fullness of flesh, the one who came to save us and to set us free from death and sin, to give us new life? Will we believe this or will we deny it? Will we walk away? And will we say, well, I don't believe that? Or will we actually say, I believe this 
I want to experience like Vanessa, the risen Jesus. I want to know that fire within my heart of his love for me. I want to see the risen Jesus alive in me, bringing me to life, of newness of life, of saying to me to go and go and tell the world about who he is, of his love for us, that we can be reconciled to God, that we can know our Father in heaven loves us because Jesus died on the cross to defeat sin and death that we might stand in glory before him. But sometimes journeys can be difficult, aren't they? When I was young, I used to, you know, I used to be in the, the boys' brigade and we used to have to do Duke of Edinburgh awards and stuff like that. Anybody doing any Duke of Edinburgh awards? And um, we used to have to do orienteering. Does anybody have done orienteering? Yeah, it's not bad down here. It's quite soft country down here. The, the peaks, isn't it? They're not too high. But in Scotland, when you're doing orienteering, they're taking your Duke of Edinburgh awards and they drop you off in the mountains. Thankfully, the Campsie Mountains, they weren't too high, but it's still mountains, still dangerous. And it, and it was October time, so it got dark in Scotland about one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so they dropped you off at nine o'clock and you had to get to your campsite by nine, by, by one, half past one. Um, or but to get set up before it started getting really, really dark. And by three o'clock, it was pitch dark and you couldn't see anything. And we only had a map and some signs to guide us. And I'll put some of the, I've got a PowerPoint here. That's, I think it's the second time I've used one, so it's a, I had a controller somewhere, a clicker, there's one there. Let's see if it comes up. Oh, that's the, that's the, that's the end of it, so we can go. <laughs> it's like my sermon's too long already. Yes. <laughs> Dear me. Oh. Oh, there we go. Hopefully that's the beginning. Does anybody recognize this sign? One. A church with a spire, let's see. church with a steeple. Oh, well, we'll give you a spire, won't we? Do you think? Right, well, what about this one? Does anybody recognize this one? Helicopter. What, what particularly for a helicopter? Helicopter, let's see. Oh. Decide not to work now. I find it that was a good idea. It's a helipad, yeah, for a helicopter to land on. Now this one's very hard. Is in nobody will get this surely? Two dogs walking side by side. <laughs> could be, could be. Definitely, definitely see a psychologist. <laughs> Anybody? I don't. Let's see. A quarry. There you go. I've always never walked through a quarry before. Let's see this one. There's Japan, no? Anybody? A few point. Let's see. Oh, very good. What about this one? Kentucky Fried Chicken. What's that? Battlefield. Somebody say a battlefield. Let's see. Yeah. Right, let's see. Is there any more? Oh, that's a hard one. What'd you say? A life cycle. A windmill, let's see. Oh, ancient monument. Oh, I don't even know what these are, so don't worry. (laughs) Oh, this one's easy. A railway crossing. 
Yeah. Railway tunnel. This one's easy. Caravan side, there we go. What's footpath? Well done. Oh, that one, that one broke. Click a kid and what? <laughs> My PowerPoint skills are amazing, aren't they? What's this one? That's easy. Windmills, let's see. Windmill, excellent. And what's this one? Can you see? I like this one because it's the stone being rolled away because it was early morning. There's the light of Jesus and the angels. And there through the love heart of the stone, we see the cross. Now, what are the things that are signs to us? What guide us on our path as being Christians? Now, we had the disciples had this amazing encounter. Mary Magdalene and Mary, they met an angel at the tomb who said, Go and tell the disciples that they've got to go to Galilee. As they walked along, they met Jesus. Can you imagine? They met Jesus risen from the dead and they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. And Jesus says, go and tell the disciples to go to Galilee. There seems to be a theme here, isn't there? Jesus seems to keep on telling us to go. Yeah. Jesus keeps on telling us to go. To go and tell people something that he is from the dead, that he is alive, that he has brought new life, that he is hope, that he is our living hope. Now, they go and they tell us, she goes and tells the disciples, and, and Mary, Mary Magdalene and Mary go and tell the disciples, you've got to go to Galilee. Can you imagine? It's like, it's like somebody coming here to Derby and say, you've got to go away to Liverpool to meet Jesus. What? <laughs> First of all, I've got to believe you, and then I've got to make a long journey and a long walk. You'd be thinking, some doubted. You can wonder why, can't you? Would you really want to make a long walk for a hoax? And so they, they made a long walk and they, they went to Galilee and there they met Jesus. And they worshipped him. And then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Isn't that amazing? All authority on heaven and on earth has been given. That means Jesus controls everything. That means everything belongs to Jesus. Everything that happens is under Jesus' hand. Jesus is the power. Jesus' authority. If you want to live life to the full, if you want to live life with meaning, it's Jesus. And because he's got all that authority in heaven and on earth, what does that mean we have when we have Jesus? We have authority, don't we? Do we really think we have authority as Christians? Do we have authority to talk about the risen Jesus? Do we have authority to say that he is alive? The kids think so anyway, yeah, thumbs up there. Do we have authority to say that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you can meet the living God and encounter him and he will live in you? Do we have that authority? Amen. So why do we go... <laughs> when we've got to talk about him. We've been given authority to stand there in the power of the Holy Spirit to say, Jesus is alive and he loves you. He did this for you so that you might know your Father in heaven, that you might have a new life and be transformed. He loves you. And he's directing you to say, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the portal. If you want to understand everything or anything about life, it's through Jesus. 
You cannot understand life. You cannot understand why you're here. You cannot understand your purpose. You cannot understand your existence. You cannot understand your future except through Jesus. Because who you are now is not who God intends you to be. You may think you're a fantastic, wonderful person, loving person and great person. Well, you know what? Through Jesus, you're going to be even more amazing. (laughs) And if you're not a nice person, God can make you a nice person. (laughs) Amen. Darren's witnessing that. Amen, brother. (laughs) Jesus is working every day, transforming thousands of people's lives, millions of people's lives. Just like Mary Magdalene and Mary had an encounter with the risen Jesus, Vanessa's had an encounter with the risen Jesus. There's people in this church who have an encounter with the risen Jesus. And when we encounter Jesus, he tells us to go and tell this amazing story, this amazing encounter. Go and tell people. And what's the instructions that he gives us? He says, all authority in heaven is given to me, so therefore we stand in authority. Because it's not us. We just have to, we just have to plant the seeds. We just have to say the word. You know what? It's the Holy Spirit who does the convicting. It's the Holy Spirit who brings you to faith. It's the Holy Spirit who does all the work. We don't have to do anything. We just have to speak and say, Holy Spirit, do it. That's all Priscilla did over Vanessa's life. She prayed over her. She planted the seed and she said, Holy Spirit, bring Vanessa to power. Bring Vanessa to your life. Bring Vanessa to to know who you are. That's all we have to do. Are we doing that as Christians? Go in that authority to believe that the Holy Spirit can transform and change. The Holy Spirit can do the work. We should be bold because the Spirit does the work. It's not our work. And he says, therefore, go, go again, go again and make disciples. Amen. And what's a disciple? A person who's following Jesus. But you can't make a disciple unless you are following Jesus. So what do we need to be doing today? Now we've encountered the resurrected Jesus. We need to be you're getting there, you're getting the clue, following Jesus. We've got to be following him, isn't it? Our lives have got to be about following Jesus. I go to work, but my priority is to follow Jesus. I go to school, but my priority is to follow Jesus. I have my family, but my priority is to follow Jesus. Because when I follow Jesus, that's when everything's best. That's when everything's good. That's when everything's right. That's when I'm the best person I can be. That's when I show the most love. That's when I have the most power. When I follow Jesus when I love him when I'm a disciple and I want people to follow Jesus because they've seen how I'm following Jesus you can only teach people what you have can't you and if you don't have Jesus and if you don't have a love for Jesus if you're a Christian you're all dried up and you've lost your love for Jesus it's time to fall in love with Jesus again it's time to get on your knees and cry out to him pray to him and say I want you I want to love you I want to adore you I want to know that resurrection life I want to know you like the first time I met you and I want to be in love with you and I want to live for you and go for you and make disciples and tell people about the power of the resurrection of living God Amen And if you're not a Christian, I ask you and I plead to you, accept Jesus Christ into your life. Like the old man said to Vanessa, will will he meet you there at the gates of heaven? Will you be there at the gates of heaven? Will God be there to welcome you and to love you? Think about that. God's done everything. There is no blockage for you to walk in God's love anymore. The only blockage we make is we make ourselves, isn't it? 
We block the way to God. God has cleared everything. God's done everything for us. We just have to step into that love. And God's calling you today, if you don't know him, to step into that love, to step into that power of who he is and accept him. He has laid down his life for you. And he's risen again so that you might have new life. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The name of our God, isn't it? How God has revealed himself to us to be our loving Father in heaven. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He never leaves us. And I want to end with a, a short story. It's just a couple who's, um, they had a very traumatic experience in their life and they thought their, their life was, was over. They were just dead inside. And then they decided to go, to go and live for Christ, to be transformed. And in the trauma, they experienced new life and resurrection. So I want to watch this short video at the end here. We were the typical American family, wife, two kids, nice house in the suburbs, great job at the Oracle Corporation. My wife Nancy got pregnant at 40 and the baby was diagnosed with trisomy 13. It is like extreme Down syndrome and he only lived eight days. After that, we were just trying to keep going. It was like my foot was on the gas, but I wasn't in gear anymore and couldn't get going again. My wife had always wanted to be a missionary in Africa. The Lord told me to make your wife's dream come true. And so, with much trepidation, we went to Kenya for a year to work at Rift Valley Academy, a 106-year-old boarding school for missionary kids in an area so remote there are baboons on the campus. From that came 20 solar-powered computer centers at remote schools without power and water, a food program that feeds lunch to 20,000 students a day, the CNN Hero Award, and being a part of helping the first RVA students to attend Harvard, Yale, Princeton, MIT, and Caltech. Most importantly, we adopted twins in Kenya. When we built our second computer center, a little girl asked me what it was. I told her that we were building a solar computer center so she could learn to use computers. She told me, I never had a dream so big. Our dream is to teach more kids, feed more kids, show the love of the Lord to more kids. There's a power of the resurrection. In the midst of death, there can be new life. There can be transformation and change. And that's what our Savior does, our God does, even in the midst of darkness and heart and pain. Even the disciples' pain and Mary and Mary's pain, as they experienced death and loss in Jesus, they encountered new life in Jesus, new hope, new opportunities. And this is what our God offers you today, new life, a new opportunity, an opportunity to transform the world around you and the power of the resurrection. As Apostle Paul knows, 
All I want to know is our Lord Jesus Christ. All I want to know is him and the power of the resurrection. Amen.